Hey Rockheads, if you haven't already checked out Music to Code By, you really should, especially if you need to focus on anything, like programming. But it's great for kids doing homework, great for reading, great for writing, anything that you need to focus on. The results speak for themselves. I've got hundreds of satisfied customers. Go check out their comments and more at mtcb.pwop.com. .NET Rocks, episode 1135, with guests Leo Laporte, Paul Therat, and Mary Jo Foley. Recorded Monday, May 4th, 2015. Hi, this is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And we're back for some more .NET Rocks goodness. This is a recap of Build. Uh, we were there last week. Richard, you're still out of the country. Yes. You're at Ignite, aren't you? Yeah, I went home for a whole 24 hours, you know, <laughs> did some laundry, walked my dog, waved at my kids, and then uh, hopped on a plane to Chicago. Yeah. Interesting. So how's it going so far? Um, the keynote just started. I had to drop away so we could record this. Uh, it was... Over the top, admittedly, one of the biggest audiences Microsoft's ever done. It's like 22,000 people. They say the main keynote room alone holds 15,000. Hmm. So that's big. That's interesting. And uh, they had the poet Common talking about innovation on the way in the door, which was cool. Hmm. Uh, certainly, the, the tweet stream is alive with this sort of uh, excitement around it. So they've, they've certainly energized the crowd. So they're trying to inspire people. Now, do you think it's more IT people than developers along the lines of a tech ed? I think there's definitely their expectation. And it's Satya said as much. He said, last week I was with developers at Build. Today I'm here with you IT pros at Ignite. Okay. And, you know, That's good Tech Ed was always a bit of a crossover show, so I don't know how yeah. people are going to feel about that, but it wouldn't be bad to get this straightened out. And if the boss thinks that I, Ignite's for IT pros, then who am I to argue with them? Right. Sure thing. All right. Well, let's roll the crazy music for a Better Know Framework. Awesome. All right, dude. What do you got? All right. Well, I'd like to call your attention to a namespace in .NET called system.numerics.vectors. Wait a second. Are we talking about a framework on Better Know a Framework? We are. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're talking about the framework. <laughs> the framework. Yeah, System Numerics Vectors is a library of vector types that can take advantage of SIMD, S-I-M-D, hardware-based acceleration. Hardware acceleration can result in significant performance improvements in math, scientific, and graphics programming. So... Uh, these are two, three, and four-dimensional vectors of type single. The generic vector of T structure allows you to create a vector of any primitive numeric type. So let me give you a little bit of uh, what's going on with this, because there might be some confusion if anybody's tried to use it as of late. And this explanation came from a mailing list that uh, that I found online, but but it's a it's an interesting, complicated story. But it goes like this. For apps using the desktop.NET Framework v4.5, they don't have vectors in the box, but you can add a reference to the NuGet package, system.numerics.vectors. And it might have used to have been called Microsoft.something, what um, something else, but it was changed. So for apps using the .NET Framework 4.6, numerics.vectors is part of that, so you can add a reference to it. For UWA apps, when you do file new, they currently, for RC target .NET Core 4.5.1, 
and they declare the vector types needed because Windows Foundation vector is projected onto the corresponding .NET type, but without any useful methods on it. But they automatically add a NuGet reference to the NuGet package, so you do get the useful methods. Long story short, if you got 4.5 or before, use NuGet. Just go to system.numerics.vectors and, you know, at install package, system.numerics.vectors. And if you got 4.6, you should be pretty good. You can just add a reference to it. And this sort of speaks to the modern framework now that we should be able to just add in the bits as we need to from the from NuGet and other sources. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you want a, a reference to the, or if you want to go to the NuGet page, you can go to tinyurl.com slash vectorsfly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now, why were you over here? What were you doing with vectors? Um, I wasn't. It's, it was one of those things that came across my desk in a mailing list, and it, it seemed like, oh, there's some confusion here. I'd like to clear it up. Right. So I thought I would share that with the greater audience. I'm with you. That's, that's, that's fair. And, but this is really, I mean, vector programming is not a trivial thing, typically for graphics work, right? Right. Well, you know, this is something that um, is, a, is going to be a, an area of hot interest for me. I'm going to be doing some HoloLens development coming up here very soon. And what we learned from Build and what the Microsoft is telling us is if you want to uh, write code for HoloLens, learn Unity. Interesting. As in Unity, the game development platform. Yeah, Unity 3D. Yeah, Unity 3D. Which kind of makes sense because HoloLens is so very 3D. Oh, totally. And if you want to do 3D holograms, that's what you're going to have to use DirectX or something like that. And Unity plays a perfect role in that. And you can probably expect them to, you know, support it fully um, because they're recommending it. And you can expect us to do shows about Unity 3D, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so that so I'm diving in head first, you know. And awesome, I've, dude. I've done graphics programming before, but I really haven't done DirectX in, in 3D stuff. So I actually have done some 3D XAML, believe it or not. But um, yeah. I don't, th I don't think you're going to be able to do that with uh, HoloLens. You'll just be able to do 2D stuff with XAML and C Sharp or VBNet. Yeah, who knows? I'm sure it'll evolve. I mean, what else would you do the 3D stuff in XAML for except to take advantage of stuff like the yeah. HoloLens? Right. Now, that doesn't mean you can't put a 2D universal app on the wall. Sure. <laughs> with HoloLens. Well, that's the whole point, right? Like <laughs> yeah. I, and maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I love that you referenced the framework. It's been a while. It has been a while. No pun intended. <laughs> Who's talking to us, Richard Campbell? Uh, grabbed a comment of a show 979, the one we did with Ms. Mary Jo Foley when we talked about Build in 2014. Ah, yeah. And, you know, that was a good romp. 2014 was an awesome build. And this comment, I, it gave me a chuckle. So I figured I better read it. It's from Matthew Fortunka, who says, uh, Hey, I love this show. Mary Jo is insightful as ever. One thing I think was overlooked about the new Microsoft is the speed. As an Xbox Win Phone and Win 8 user, the rate at which Microsoft is turning around updates for these platforms is nothing short of miraculous. The Xbox One is on a monthly update cycle, and the phone is seemingly heading that way. For years, we have been talking about the benefits of short iteration development cycles, but to see this in action at the scale of Microsoft is incredible. I'm loving Microsoft 3.0 and looking forward to seeing Microsoft 3.1 next month. Yeah. Well, the funny part is thinking a year ago, Matthew was already going, wow, look how fast they're going. Think about what's happened the past year. Right. You know, between last build and this build, I mean, 
Studio coming out with updates every quarter. It's just crazy how much software is being pushed out by Microsoft these days. It's a different company, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I'm staggered. And yeah. and Build was just more of that. Yeah. Uh, so, Matthew, I think you were very prescient a year ago to talk about the speed of Microsoft because clearly they're only accelerating. Thank you so much for your comment. The .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .netrocks.com or on any of our mobile apps. We've got them for iOS, Android, Windows Phone 7 and 8, and Windows 8. And before we go any further, let me tell you that Pluralsight is home to the largest technology and creative training library on the planet. They have thousands of developer, IT, and creative courses authored by MVPs, industry experts, and .NET Rocks guests. They release dozens of new courses every month and offer a 10-day free trial, giving you 200 minutes of access. With a wide range of developer training courses, including coverage of iOS, Java, Android, web development, and pretty much everything you can think of on the Microsoft stack. So try Pluralsight today. Subscription plans start at just $29 a month. Okay, let's uh, talk about Build. And instead of us talking about Build, let's come right out and say it. We were on Windows Weekly last week talking about Build. Indeed, show 411. Yep, show 411. <laughs> and actually, I was on the week before talking about Music to Code by and show 410. But what we did was on, uh, on uh, Friday... We drove up to Petaluma with Mary Jo and Paul Thrott, and uh, we we invaded Leo's studio there, the Twit Studios, and we're, we're guests on the show. It was a two-hour show. We weren't on the whole time. I mean, you came on and talked about Azure, right? Yeah, we talked a little about data lakes and Docker and the new virtualization, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I talked about bridges. So what mm -hmm. we thought we would do is play some of the show. We got permission from the Twit people, and uh, you can hear for yourself. Now, we got to be honest here. Being good guests, we also brought gifts. Oh, and gifts that were drinkable. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What other kind of gifts are there? I brought them uh, a bottle of Angel's Envy bourbon and mm -hmm. a bottle of Barter House bourbon, which mm. I found four bottles of in the local liquor store. Uh, unbeknownst to me, it was ridiculous how they had so many. They don't have them anymore. We bought them all. We bought them all. That's right. <laughs> and... Uh, Gave one to uh, Leo and the gang, and then you bought them some really nice scotch. I brought a, uh, a Gordon McPhail bottling of a 15-year-old Mortlock. Nice. And the Abelor Abenanth, one of our personal favorites. Oh, it's our personal favorite. Although and it's a cast-strength scotch, and you have to be careful with it. it this one was over 60% alcohol. Yep, that's right. So let's hear so what happens when We've moved they start out of my talking office about into the that. Big room. To make room for Mary Jo Foley, who's here in studio with us. Great to see you. Thank you. Paul Thorat in studio with us. And a cast of thousands <laughs> and a tower of whiskey. Really several. We want yeah. to thank Carl and uh, Richard uh, for bringing along. Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell from .NET Rocks for bringing along a, a, a enough booze to kill a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Including this, this Aberlour. This is 120 proof. Wow. You're getting a contact high now just from reading the label. But that, now it says this is original cask strength. Does that mean like they dilute the rest of it? They just take it out and put water in it? That, that, that is why whiskey purists are such idiots. Like they complain <laughs> when you add water to your whiskey. Yeah. Because so whiskey it. is already watered. Yeah, right. But and if you don't want it watered, drink this and you'll want it watered. That's yeah. Dr. Pizza. He's going to join us in a little bit. Carl and Richard are also here. Uh, Daniel Rubino is here from Windows Central. 
But uh, we have a there's a ton to talk about. First of all, uh, did you was was it exciting? Was I watched the you know the, the broadcast mm-hmm. keynote? And it seemed pretty good. It was good. Yeah, I liked what uh, Nadella said. Yeah. Can we talk? Let's start at that high level. Is this the is this the most the best articulated uh, vision uh, for, that Satya fully articulated fully, like, <laughs> fully articulated <clears throat> like an action figure? Is it a fully articulated vision? <laughs> would you say? Uh, yeah, I would say. I, I think. You know, we keep hearing him talk about cloud first, mobile first, and sure. Microsoft's a pro- platforms and productivity company. And it just felt a little more uh, like they were putting meat on the bones yeah. this time. Actually, I think Daniel wrote something about putting action to words. Is that, yeah. Was that you? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I, like I, that. I mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the New York Times, Nick Winfield wrote, Satya Nadella envisions a Microsoft that's more willing to favor big bets on new technologies. Sure. Than the Small cash cows. <laughs> well, you know, this is the yeah. challenge for Microsoft. Is it was Windows? It's hard when something's so successful. Look, he's standing by Windows. Oh, yes. that's Get actually it? a pretty picture. It is. Uh, when you have something that's massively successful, sometimes that's worse for a company. It yeah. is. We were literally yeah. just talking yeah. about yeah, it. We yeah. yeah, you. you it's tradition, right? Yep. You just sort of forget why you're doing it, but you yep. have to keep doing it because it's always worked. Yep. It's a real challenge, uh, and other business. Leaders have pinpointed this as something yep. that a company has to get around. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel like I, it seems Nadella understands that? Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, the big bets are Hololens. We'll talk about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also embracing Linux, which used to be the hated operating. I'm still system. vaguely uncomfortable with that one. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and embracing uh, iPad and and Android yep. and mobile yep. and uh, and By the way, in, in ways that are big and small. I mean, we'll, right. we'll get into this in a bit, mm-hmm. but. You know, there's the kind of the big picture stuff. You know, we're going to put Office on iPad or whatever. But there are a bunch of small things to mm-hmm. the factor into this. This is not, let's throw something against the wall and see if it sticks. Right. They're really serious yep. about it. It's interesting, too, because Nadella uh, did something that I think Steve Bummer would never do. He said, Apple has taught us all what experience <laughs> excellence means in the creation of categories. I don't think you'd ever see Steve Bummer say Apple had taught him anything. Probably not. <laughs> that was a. Uh- Interesting thought from Leo there. It's not just Steve Ballmer, right? Because Bill Gates was notoriously good at never saying his, quote, competitors' names. Absolutely. And when whenever he talked about Netscape, he talked about down-level browsers. Yeah. And when he talked about Oracle, he talked about other databases. I was talking to someone who was on the Windows Phone team, um, you know, back when it was being hyped a lot more than it is now. And they were never able to m- not only mention iPhones and Android phones, they couldn't have them. They couldn't go to a store to see what they were all about. It's a totally different company now. I mean, this is what we were saying before. They're encouraged to. And I remember the first time Scott Hanselman whipped out an iPhone on stage at TechEd or one of those things, or maybe it was a mix or something. And, oh, my God, the fur was flying. Yeah, you actually heard it in the audience. Everybody was surprised. What are you doing? Yeah. Because <laughs> it was so against the old culture. Right. But you know what Leo's really talking about there is this innovator's dilemma, that you have this wildly successful thing, and you get trapped in – you had an innovation – that innovation has won you a market. I mean, Windows made Microsoft an incredible amount of money and put a desktop on everybody's desk. Yeah. And, but it's over. You know, so much of what this show gets into and what Bill talked about was this idea that the operating system just doesn't matter anymore. Right. 
Yeah, so true. And, you know, once you come to that realization that that's not where our bread and butter is, all sorts of possibilities open up. Yeah, now you're interested in everybody's product and communicating with everybody, with interacting. You don't want to protect the ecosystem. You want to embrace everything that's around it. Totally agreed. All right, let's skip forward to where you actually come on the show and talk about data lakes and all that. We found out a lot of things at Build. What did we find out at Build? So we we have an idea for this show. We said, why not follow the keynote, the same order of the keynote that Microsoft did at Build? So that means we start off with... Yeah, yeah, so we started, started really gonna, geeky. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, spend, watching, right. I'm watching them yeah. write code for like an hour. On the cloud, seven minutes on office. Right. So they spent the first 45 minutes <laughs> yeah. talking about my favorite topic, Azure. Azure. Woo! Yay! Data lakes? Woo! Anyone? No. I won't, I, won't, I, won't tell you, I won't tell you who said this to me, but someone from Microsoft told me before the keynote, when you hear the word data lake, Get up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's a long conversation. Because that is the moment where, A, you will need to go to the bathroom because it's about 70 minutes yeah. in. And, B, you're 20 minutes from Windows. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and that was true. Yeah. It's like you're on a highway in the yeah. desert. Exactly. Yeah. And you see a sign, Data Last Lakes. Stop. Last yeah. stop. Last yeah. stop. Yeah. Last stop before Windows. Yeah. 90 miles. 90 yeah. miles. <laughs> so, well, first of all, what is data? What so is a data we're lake? We're going to condense this down, but we thought Richard Contest Campbell of .NET Rocks might Let's be bring him good. Up. Come on up, And Richard. since Richard brought us the... Uh, I brought the scotch. <laughs> scotch. You're not a bourbon guy. You're a scotch oh, I, guy. You know what? If it's a brown liquor, I like it. You like all brown liquor. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy to get along with. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, I noticed you're drinking, but you didn't. Uh, you opened the, uh, the, the Orphan Barrel. The Barter House? Yeah. Well, please have, have a little taste, barter sir. house. Yeah, really an interesting. They they literally find rare barrels and they bottle them, mm-hmm. and, and when they're gone, they're gone. But that you can get reliably if you know if you don't care about your liver. I uh, <laughs> I am so grateful because I have never had a cask strength. That's one of the uh, reasons I picked uh, it out whiskey. for you. Is I I'm thought, so excited. I was going to give you two very distinctive whiskeys uh, that really uh, uh, that I appreciate. We're not drinking it? Uh, yeah, I think we could open it up. Yeah, I, I would recommend it. I, I now should I put a little water in it? I would take taste it as it is. Okay, and then you drop probably water. And then when your lips fall in. off into the glass, <laughs> we'll <get you> some <laughs> water. I always like, frankly, brown liquors when there's a drop or two of water in it. It seems to open it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah especially with that one, which has never had water touch it. So it'll, that's amazing. It's wow. a very different. Uh, different wow. Drink. Well. There's actually a tab at the top of that lid that'll, oh. that'll help you. So tell us about Azure okay. and Data Lakes. So we can condense that way, 40 do minutes. Do it in a way that's not going to bore down. the hell out of you. <laughs> Should I go to the bathroom now? Yeah. <laughs> Richard's going to make it exciting. Bio break. I, I'll follow your lead, MJ. Okay. So, you know, the, the gist of what they announced is Azure Data Ware, Warehouse, which gives them something to compete with Amazon's Data Warehouse. Yes. Which, by the way, is hugely extens- ex- successful, right? Yeah, and yes. massive. Right. Very profitable yeah. right. for Amazon. And yeah. then they also uh, announced two complementary services, Azure Data Lake and Elastic Databases for Azure SQL Database, right. which just flows right off the tongue. It's, well, as usual, the naming is awesome. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but and, it is what it says it is. It's yeah. re- it is it's technically accurate. If you, if you say it slowly enough, yeah. Yeah. it actually means what you think it needs. Yeah, yeah. that's, you know, in computers, yeah. that's kind of unusual. Yeah. It is. So it was funny. During the keynote, we were watching people tweet as though Microsoft had made up the word data lake. Yeah. But data lake is a real term in databases. It's it's an object repository for, un, I think, unstructured data or data you're holding in a patch. Yep. <laughs> Dr. Pizza just went to sleep. Come on, man. It's, it's a, unlike partition stitching, it's a, it's a real term. It well, is. You know, <laughs> exactly. This is a move against this idea of doing this huge transform and load process of trying mm-hmm. to make all the data look the same so you can analyze it. It's leave it as it is right. and then analyze it on the fly. Yes. 
And let's pause this right here because that, oh, you're hearing, that's Leo imbibing in the Aberlore, and it's yes. absolutely blowing his mind. It's blowing his head off. Yeah, he fell back in his chair right. at the time. <laughs> I'll include a link to the video. You can actually see him. He's, I almost at that point, he's done. He's almost <laughs> <That's> done, right? <laughs> All right, let's keep playing. And that, that's important. It's, it's efficient. We're talking uh, petabytes uh, now. Right. You can share. And so this is big for IoT, right? Especially. Yes. One, one of the applications. Well, we're going to get oceans worth of data yes. out of all these devices. <laughs> right. So we should start with a lake. We should. So people, lakes, you don't want your lakes to become swamps. <laughs> That's true. That's another thing that you say when you're talking about data lakes, right? So mm. it's it's just big data stuff. <laughs> so I'll have a moment while we... Uh, his eyebrows I, just singed right yeah. off. Paul just, for those of you listening at home, just took a sip. Yeah, of the Aberlour. I'm afraid. This is, this I think is we said nod. really clearly at the beginning, you don't start with this. No, like not. Precious. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. He's yeah. keeping the glass. All right. A couple of glasses into that, and everything is precious. Yes. Right. Mm. Even day lakes are sounding good. Keep going. They are, right? <laughs> <laughs> it smells like molasses. It really it's is that good. thick. This it's is like, like the port of... Well, it is aged in sherry butts. Yeah. So uh, that gives you a little kind of <laughs> porty kind of a feel to it. <laughs> it's only 120. Yeah, I think it just turned my mouth inside out. <laughs> I don't know, but I think that's all I would say about those 40 minutes. Yeah, and I think the, the most important thing from a, from <laughs> a dev much. perspective is this idea of right. leave your data as yeah. it is, where it is, whether right. it's in log files, don't mess with right. it. Because we now have the tools that will analyze it in situ. Exactly. So, you know, uh, just so you guys understood what they were doing with the keynote, this it's, is our personal what, theory. It take them 90 minutes to say that. Right. So, you know, he, the cloud is Microsoft's future. There, That's there, why you there, lead with the cloud. There is a, there is semi, there is a semiotics. There is a message communicated yes. by the fact that before you mention Windows 10, which yep. everybody's there to find out about, yep. you spend that long on well, Azure. There's the way, a reason. There are, there are several reasons. But is that all there is to data lakes, Richard? I mean, the data lake concept itself, and Mary Jo's correct, they, Microsoft didn't invent the term. It's this idea that you keep all your data together, but you don't necessarily try and consolidate it. And right. here's why. You know, back in the old data warehouse days, you had a limited amount of compute. Right. So in the off hours, you would pre-compute all your data together so that you could analyze it relatively efficiently. Well, now you're in the cloud, dude. Right. You've got data coming from every which way. And you have an infinite amount of compute, effectively. Like, look at it from Microsoft's point of view. Mm. Why would you pre-process your data when you can throw more horsepower at it when you need that analysis done, and they have all the horsepower in the world to give you, right? Right. right. Plus, most of the time, pre-processing's wrong anyway. You know, when you're trying to do this kind of deep data mining analysis, you're looking for exceptions, and mm. it's very easy to transform that information out of the data entirely. Yeah. So just leaving it alone and then using the huge resources of the cloud to crush through it quickly from its original form, it just makes more sense. Reasons, but right. th they did say one thing that I thought was kind of cool. I'm going to botch it, but it was, okay. we want to be the data behind everyone's apps regardless yes. of platform. Right. And so if Windows, Mo if Windows Phone never takes off, if Windows never takes off, right. they'll have that. Yes. And I think that's an important part it of their totally business going, yes. going forward. Wait a minute. If Windows never takes off. <laughs> On the, in the mobile space. Oh, okay. He means phone. I understand <laughs> it was a, a big Holy deal cow. in the past. Yeah. yeah. I heard Windows or something. <laughs> Yeah. Something. This, yeah. by the way, is the most amazing thing I've ever had in my well, I'm life. I'm glad to have brought it to you. <laughs> and children do not try this at home. But no. boy, oh boy, oh boy. I, thought, I thought you were going to say, and that includes children. <laughs> <laughs> do you not agree? This yeah, is great. Uh, yeah. 
mind-boggling. I don't, I don't know why you would mix water into this. It would ruin it. I think it, I've just become a snob. There you go. <laughs> I, I would say, actually, put a drop of water because it does change. And not really? necessarily mm-hmm. for the work. Can we please have an eye drop? I've done that. I've just flicked Just a drop. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Just yeah. do the show. Now. I can, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now at this point, Leo leans back in his chair and says, All right, you guys just do the show. It's okay. <laughs> Let's move ahead to where you start talking about containers. Yes. And, and mm-hmm. this idea that my developers now can build their, their projects in these containers that run beautifully on their machine and with no changes right. can be deployed to their servers, to the cloud, mm-hmm. uh, to somebody else's cloud, right. onto a Linux host or onto a Windows host. I think it's a huge deal. Yes. A container is just a container and it will run anywhere you want it to yep. run. Yeah. I mean, and is they, Docker their only container solution? Or are there others? Is Docker one of them? There what are other container systems in the world, but I think people are really resonating one, though. around Docker. People love yeah. Docker. Microsoft's mm-hmm. building their own containers into the next version of Windows Server. Yep. You know, I think they. You know, it's one of the things. I think the strength of the Windows scenarios. You know, it's an owned owned code base. Yes. You know, it's theirs, and if they right. decide that container is important, they can move very fast on it. But right. I think, you know, they've demonstrated their series about compatibility. So yes. I would never. For a moment, they'd ignore the Docker no, standard around that. Is there a little bit of though uh, faddishness around this? I mean, this suddenly became it is the very thing. Hip. Yeah, it's like very in the last right few now. months. It's I mean, yeah. everybody and their brothers are containers. No, containers. They're obviously embracing Linux at exactly the right time. So sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the strength of it is this is what you loved from virtualization without all the overhead. That instead of having to include an operating right. system with every right. one of these instances, I have a common operating it's, it's system. It's ABV for the cloud. That's right. Well, it's at, and you know you could take this and turn it into desktop virtualization as yeah. well if you wanted. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I think there are. Yeah, those I think that, are there. that path is there. Yep. And we've mentioned we've talked about this before. This distinction between Hyper V and virtualization and, and containers. Yeah. <laughs> um, containers are basically lower level. They it's a, a lighter weight, lighter version. Right. You know, just think it's regular. It's like Hyper V virtualization, but we've taken the OS out of the VM. Right. Mm. So I'm just now hooking onto an OS, and that makes a huge difference. But Microsoft also is building a hybrid container with Hyper-V as well. They're, yeah, we'll, we'll see where that yeah, ends I know. up. That's well, there's an interesting, interesting. the, the yeah. issue here is when you virtualization now, the traditional form that goes with the BIOS and so mm-hmm. forth, that completely fools the OS, it doesn't know it's running in a VM at all, is it got some good security around it. It's yeah. very robust, mm-hmm. and it's very tough to make it that secure in the container model, mm-hmm. when you're plugging into an OS, if that OS gets exploited, those containers are so potentially they vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and if we got a really nasty container, you know, you've got some third party container contaminate through the via that, the operating system, and everything would be potentially right. vulnerable. Yeah, and right. it's there's more attack surface in that model mm-hmm. than there is in the traditional virtual. Yeah. It's also surprising since Microsoft has been known as an operating system vendor that they would go all in on a technology that is operating system. Agnostic. Agnostic. Yes, but I think that sort of speaks to the new Microsoft, yes. too. They've kind yeah. of recognized yeah. the OS doesn't matter much anymore. Right. Yeah. Nowhere near right. as it used to. I know. Very interesting stuff. Yes. So I totally get containers, and I totally get Docker, and I'm glad they're moving on to the moving it into Azure and giving us all the goodness. But yeah. uh, are there, is there any downside to using containers? Well, and we sort of hinted at this when we were talking there, which is that it's a totally different security context. They've, there's been all this time put into making virtualization very bulletproof at the BIOS level mm. so that each OS loads in separately. But now that you have a common OS, which in you know makes the container way smaller, start way faster, a lot more flexible, this different attack surface is a fairly big deal. Yeah. But you know, to me the most important thing here, and it was sort of I sort of realized this in hindsight after talking about it. One of the upsides to being a closed source project like Windows is that 
When the powers that be decided that Docker was important, they moved really fast. I mean, it's there already. It's mm-hmm. been less than a year, and there they were showing Docker in action, doing all these cool things against the Windows stack in less than a year. Yeah. It, honestly, I would. I think if and when we come to the security context part, like they're going to have to, we're going to have to make different kinds of OSs that are way more container aware. Hmm. You know, you could see that there'll be a host OS that's very sensitive to Docker containers trying to press against the security periphery and uh, client OSs running in containers that know they're running in a container. Mm-hmm. And I could see Windows doing that faster than even Linux could, because. You know, here's the, the, the closed source is really nimble in that respect. Everybody can pull in the same direction. We're in open source. There's a lot more debate. It's going to take more time to do those things. Yeah. Well, we'll get to more of that in a minute. But first, hey, you know what time it is? Must be that happy time again. Yep. It's time to wake up Leo. <laughs> Leo, if you watch the video to... you'll see one of his staffers comes to him with a cup of coffee halfway yeah. through the show that was hilarious <laughs> uh, it's actually time to give away a Telerik devcraft collection to one lucky member of the dotnet rocks fan club but first Telerik devcraft is the most complete dotnet toolbox for web mobile and desktop development with the addition of ui for xamarin to the devcraft bundle you can create compelling native mobile experiences with your c-sharp skills download a free trial at tinyurl.com slash devcraft trial all right buddy who's our winner today's winner is nate dotsloff congratulations nate golf Golf clap clap for you sir sir (laughs) (laughs) yes sir and, uh, I, you know, it's really weird walking around uh, a party at Build, and you just walk by and somebody happens to say, golf clap for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny the phrases that resonate with folks. Yeah. They, they grab onto those. So, yes, golf clap for you. Well, Nate just won the Telerik DevCraft collection. This is a big pile of awesome from Telerik. And if you don't know what we're doing here, go to .netrocks.com. Click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world, and uh, every show we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club, but you got to sign up to win. So let's fast forward a bit to uh, where I came in talking about Bridges. But uh, Leah wanted to talk to me about uh, music first. Should we start with um, Carl Franklin maybe to talk about bridges? Bridges? This is a very aquatic show. We've got lakes (laughs) and we've got bridges. Carl Franklin from .NET Rocks, our musician. He also brought a couple of his uh, new CDs. Uh, Been a while. There that is. What kind of music is that? So people compare my music to Steely Dan a lot. But if you basically... I love Steely Dan. Groovy, funky... (laughs) Anything called the Big Butter and Egg Man is for me. You know, That's we have actually the, an old song. We have the Butter and Eggs Day Parade I here every year. You just missed that last here, weekend. Yeah. It was the talk of the car, Leo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Louis Armstrong. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a Carl, couple of Carl Franklin originals on here, as well as Boogie and the Groove. the great guitar player way. John Schofield played nice. on the third track, which my wife <laughs> Kelly wants to, me to say is about her. Oh, oh you mean Chain Reaction? That's, that's her? <laughs> Is it? She's the blonde in that song. Oh. In that story. <laughs> hey, do we have a CD player anywhere? 
What is this CD player you speak of? These discs are foreign. I realized at some point that giving people CDs represents work for them. It's like, wow, I, I kind of remember this that? format, this but I don't know CD what to do with it. CD. Now we need to spend 99 bucks. Exactly. What is, how do I do this? What is this? There's no CD player in there. No. Just looking. No. There's no CD player. All right. And you also brought Lifeboat to Nowhere. Mm-hmm. What kind of music is this? Is the, this is you and your bro? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So the Franklin Brothers is myself and my brother Jay, and any good studio musicians we can get. But it's more ballads. But there are a few funky horn tunes on there as well. That's all originals. Do you have that song? Blues. That song you played for us. Yeah. Which one? The first one. The themes. No, not on the show. I mean. Earlier. Oh yeah. I, is it just on your phone? Yeah, it's on my phone. You played into the microphone. <laughs> I suppose I could. Your theme song. So the new theme song. When I, when I was on the show, did you? Is there a? Did you put it on OneDrive or anything modern? It's actually on the web, but it's sort of a private link. Ah, you know. Okay. So, but I guess uh, just play it right out of that phone. Basically, that, what that I did is I, I created an album for the sole purpose of getting licensed by NASCAR because working with a license company in NASCAR was big, and they actually, wanted. These particular kinds of driving tunes. It is a little bit like the music they used to play in the beginning of the uh, NFL games where the country star would come out. Are you ready for some windows? Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good. That's actually a lot. I like it. So let me play one here. This is good. He's he's doing some samples for us, so what we might like. Let's see here. (laughs) I like that. Hey. Wow. All right. You're signed. You're hired. That's great. You like guys like that? I like that? it. Yeah. Let's use it. Sort of high energy. Yeah. All right. I'll write you a check Just like after us. the show. <laughs> <laughs> mm. that is and then a, we start and everyone just I like the asleep. hay in there. Yeah, it's yeah. very it's Ramones. Right. It's, it's good. Going. I like it. Um, so Windows 10. That's why I went to music school, to learn to write hay. Hey. You know? Hey. Yeah. Right, right. Hey, hey, hey. Right. So one of, one of the big surprises at Build, well, there were a few big surprises, but one was they did talk about the long-rumored Android on Windows phone. That, a lot of people yeah. picked up that story. I mean, they that, did. You know, it's interesting to see what the media pick up on. Yes, but they yeah. also talked about getting iOS apps on Windows phone. Yeah, which we hadn't talked about before. So I read it. I read it. I looked. It seemed it, impossible. It did. I, I looked carefully, and it looks like you still have to rewrite your app. Somewhat. And How much? I'm app, curious. Right? right. So if you have a, a 2D game, perhaps right, that has all graphics code that is pretty much going to translate. Yeah, I know. You guys should really not start with the Abelor Abanad. <laughs> yeah, maybe something a little. Tears to my eyes. And I, I, isn't this sound funny, Richard? You I should start, start with something like a... lighter, like Mortlock. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It's no, no, funny. no. You know, this is seriously good. two hours of that, and you'll be good. I'm already. Yeah. By yeah. Um, Wait till the third ad. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be he'll be like giving the money back. <laughs> so my thought was that, you know, and of course what they did is they said you could take your Java code, pull it into Visual Studio, and then just recompile it and, and you've got a Windows Universal app. And then they showed iOS, like Objective-C in Visual Studio, and our heads exploded. Yep. I was in the audience going, <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> and it just reminds me, oh my God, I love C-sharp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> looking at that code was just... Yeah, but, but here's the thing, and I, we were talking about this in the car on the way up. It's really great that they can take an, uh, you know source code and then you do have to do some rewriting if you have you know anything that has input or anything that uses the system, the, the, the stuff that's on the phone, right? The native support. 
you're going to have to do a little rewriting. But that's really cool. But what I really think is going to work for them, and remember, in order to revive and revive <laughs> the Windows Phone yeah. ecosystem, it really needs revival because it's kind of passed out right now, is to be able to run more apps. And that's the only thing that's going to get people to buy them is because it's a sweet phone, but I can't get this app and I can't get that app. What would really be great, I want, is to be able, if I built an Android app, to be able to take the same thing that I sent to the Play Store and send it to the Microsoft Store. Well, but you've got to – okay, so a couple that? of questions. That? Peter. that was Peter. Pizza. But so a couple of questions. So we've seen this before. Java did this, right? Right once, run everywhere. Yeah. The issue was, of course – there's two issues on mobile, but the one – the issue with Java was, of course, controls. Right. It's yeah. hard to get native controls, oh, native about, buttons. Native. Too. They tried to yeah. solve this with uh, Swing in right. Java. Right. Uh, not well. No. And it never really materialized. Well, anytime you put a layer on top of a UI layer yeah. and do a translation, so you're going to get are, a lot. How of... do they solve that? Is there is are they going to do native UIs on iOS and Android? So I think Peter's going to have to answer that. Let for Peter me. talk about that. Let Peter talk about that. Second question. I thought this was very interesting. Of course, most mobile uh, apps rely on services from the OS. Yeah. And Android services are a big yeah. deal. You yeah. get a lot of stuff from that. Microsoft says they're going to kind yeah. of provide their own version of these. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I wonder if that comes from the X-Phone uh, initiative or... That's you know, um, as, uh, sorry, Android Open Source Project. Right. right. It's AOSP? But, yep. but you can well, use AOSP. So this yeah, is the yeah. thing with AOSP is uh, if you're going to make a handset yeah. with AOSP, you're, you're not going to have Google Play services. Right. Right. You're not going to have Google Store. Right. You're not going to have Maps. You're not going right. to have all of those features. And without those services, you have to supplant them with something right. else. Well, you're going to supplant them with Windows. Maps <laughs> the only way to make this work yeah. is if Microsoft gives, at a very low level, right, right? Yep. API-compatible level, yep. access to serve these same services. That's right, yeah. And so it's an ex- it's, it is an exciting time. The question is, is it enough? Can they so, do it? Is it? Yeah, yeah, can they do it, number one? And even or if they do... Even if it is, uh, what's, is what's it enough? Is it enough right. to revive yeah. the Windows Phone sure. ecosystem? Yeah. And that's the question we all... Well, and they're coming at it from two ask. angles, yeah. because the other angle, of course, is the universal app. And this yeah. is what we're going to talk about a little bit later yeah. on. Uh, with Dimitri Leallen, who did the Twit app, did a beautiful Twit app for Windows Phone. Mm-hmm. If you could do a, win- a universal yep. app for Windows 10, Windows mm-hmm. Phone, Xbox, yep. yeah. that's I, all. That's another way to solve this. The funny thing is, I actually apps. always thought they would go in the, diff- in the opposite direction with Android, that mm. they would uh, have universal apps. Uh, on Android. On Android. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. right. To be truly universal, mm-hmm. you have to bring in as many mm-hmm. platforms as you can. Well, you know, and that's where Xamarin helps. Yeah. Right? Yes. Xamarin takes that whole piece of being able to take your code base and recompile for Android and recompile for iOS. And that's a very important piece of the puzzle that's Yeah, that, that's pretty much all that I had to say about the bridges for Android and iOS. But there was uh, some other bridges that we talked about, too. And you, you, and you said this briefly, but it was so funny in the keynote when the guy said, the crazy that is Objective-C. Oh, yeah, the weirdness. Yeah, the weirdness. This, like, yeah, we forget how terse and clean our language is. Oh, are. my God, yeah. But there's this whole side, and I don't know that we got to this and Windows Weekly about are iOS or Android developers going to want to come to Studio? I don't see. I, I mean, we made it easier for them, but yeah. what are they coming to? 3%? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a chicken and egg problem right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I mean, obviously, it's much harder to build apps 
you know, we, we know guys that have converted iOS apps into Windows Phone apps. And so th- then, you know, you have the app, right? I think I'm running into this with the Uber app on Windows Phone right now. Yeah. But it's not been updated. Uber's changed their API. App breaks. Didn't Microsoft um, or somebody make a, a Windows Phone that was running Android? Well, you know, the hardware-wise, there's basically no difference. So why can't you run an Android app on a Windows phone? I mean, that's basically what I think is going to save them. Because if, because then you're just competing on, okay, well, you can run all your apps, but this is a nicer phone. Well, and that, the whole question then is, can you make an emulator that, you know, you now have to run the JVM? Like, it's a lot more load in the phone. Well, n- not unless there was real Android OS running there that was made to look like Windows phone. You know what I'm saying? And I think they... Somebody did that. Well, when, here we are talking about the fact that the OS matters less and less. So why are we fo- fighting for the Windows Phone iOS? Exactly. Like, who cares? Give me – I don't care about the OS in my phone. I care – I love my shell. I really do love the That's Windows That's what it's shell. all about. The, the Windows Phone shell is the best I've ever had, and I've had all three. Right. Yeah. So let's make that happen, Microsoft. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Dr. Pizza said that apparently you can do that, but we he never followed up on that point. So. Right. We'll have to we'll have to take a look a, a bit at that. But then there was another uh, couple of other bridges that uh, Mary Jo brought up. So let's fast forward to that. Talk about the other two bridges though that we didn't talk about because I right. think these were equally interesting in a way. And so, also container based. Right. The first one. So yeah. right. So one of these other Actually, these bridges are these toolkits that are going to help developers bring more apps to the store. Um, another one is bringing Win32 apps to the store. That's right. Which is kind of crazy. Win32 and .NET apps. <laughs> and .NET. Right. So any. Any Win32 or .NET app can now be submitted to the Windows Store, mm-hmm. and those are downloaded and run in a sandbox, mm-hmm. like like a container. Right. Yeah. Well, in fact, it is. So a there's a little metro, a little metro holder that you're. It's yeah, an it's Apple, Apple slot empty. Into. It's the the, the yeah. thing they've been providing to enterprises for several years. Ah, mm-hmm. so well, it's well known. Yep. Yeah, well known and well understood. And yeah. the creator of the app does not have to do anything. No. This is just automatic. As far as I know, that's the message I got. Well, no, the creator of the app is the one that has to do this. They, they're the ones who have to package it. So they actually do package they, they it, package with it but the, I don't believe you, there's any necessary There's no recoding. There's coding. no... No, no, but they have to do the work to and then decide yeah. to put it in the story. If Adobe yeah. doesn't want to put Photoshop in the story, yeah. it doesn't appear in the yeah. story. Right. Right. To them. right. Right. But it begs... Uh, you know, I do is Photoshop 32 only? Yeah. but the, So that's a good example. They're do, well, they're, yeah. they're literally doing it sort of. So uh, yeah. literally sort of. Uh, Photoshop <laughs> elements and Premiere elements will be in the Windows Store, yep. the, it, yep. and they are the desktop apps. The 32-bit apps wrapped, wrapped in, this, in this new in this Metro Apple container, Apple. an evolved version of Apple. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I had questions like, uh, I'm a Connect developer, and I'm an MVP for Connect, but I didn't, I didn't know, are there any limitations to that container? You know, like if the, the Connect is a very mm-hmm. resource-intensive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it requires a lot of CPU power and a lot of GPU power. And so, I, I, that was my question. Yeah. I didn't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think, I think this is... Primarily for productivity type applications, yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, certainly is that's certainly been the background and games, of the, right? Also, um, or no? Oh, Peter Bright is saying the apps will be able to do anything except install uh, device drivers and services. And services. Okay, so that that's pretty much anything else. Yeah, yeah. There should yeah. be performance constraints. No, all right, good. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's it's Apple. Apple does that. It's 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 Apple. That's great. So a DirectX game would have no trouble porting right over. Interesting. Yep. Yep. And the fourth bridge is web apps. So you take a website, wrap it, 
Yeah, and yeah. You put, put that in the store. You know, when I first saw that, uh, and, they, and they showed an app that looked like a real, you know, yeah. Windows desktop app, but yeah. it came from a website. Yeah. The first thing I thought was, oh well, that's kind of like a, you know, uh, uh, phone gap thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it isn't really. No. 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 This is literally being able to take a website, make a few tweaks, and write to the system, and yeah, and that's the magic question: is how many tweaks do we exactly. have to do? <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah chuckle from the audience there yeah <laughs> so so there you go we've got bridges we've got the ability to take an existing android app for the phone an existing ios app for the phone compile that onto uh compile that into a windows phone app basically and we've got the ability to take any existing .NET and win 32 apps and add them to the store where they can be downloaded in windows 10 and managed and all of that stuff you know because De- uh, deployment is still a problem. Yeah, well, and the store model is compelling because there is that sense of whitelisting around it. These are safe apps to use. I'll tell you a story. The um, uh, an app that I did for a customer using the Connect and all of that. We it's a WPF app, and we use Click Once to deploy. And every once in a while, we get somebody who can install it. And the reason Norton Antivirus. Norton oh, antivirus really? and all these other uh, virus checkers, or maybe some of them, d- work against you when you're trying to install over the web. And so it makes sense to have an app store just so that these other things won't get in the way because it doesn't know that you're trying to install an app. It thinks it's malicious. It's always tough to tell the difference between a legitimate app install and a malware app install. That's They're right. It's not that different. That's right. So there you go. So it's a good thing that we have... Uh, these uh, these new bridges. Yeah, well, I, I just like the idea that universal apps are really becoming universal. That is amazing, isn't it? We're looking at a, a platform for all of these environments. It's just astonishing. And speaking of all environments, they also announced Visual Studio Code, which is a yeah. free Visual Studio branded code editor. Right? It's not the full Visual Studio, but it's in the family, and it runs on Windows, Mac, and Linux. And that is interesting, uh, not necessarily to me, but I, I found the reaction among people who had moved away from Microsoft and gone down the LAMP stack or the, you know, worked on the Mac, mostly the Linux stack, though, the LAMP stack, saying, huh, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. It's just, it's another, it's another notch in Microsoft's belt for um, being open and wanting to embrace everybody and do as much as they can to get everybody talking Windows again. Well, and talking Microsoft at least, I mean, the the biggest challenge here is the de-emphasis of Windows in this conversation. Yeah, boy, you're right about that. Yeah. You know, but I think think we're all struggling with that idea. Microsoft has been a Windows-centric company now for several decades. Yeah. And now when you look at the conversation around Studio... It's everything except Windows. Universal apps, I mean, including they're looking at Windows archaic editions like the Win32 stuff being treated the same way. Like yeah. it's, it's really, really powerful. And it kind of is what they've always done for us in the Windows platform, you know, bringing the old stuff forward into the new world, but now just widening that circle to include everybody. It's pretty, pretty compelling. Yeah, very, very powerful stuff. I mean, I'm super excited. 
I am, and I was very surprised. And, it, and of course, people don't know this, but we don't know everything that Microsoft is doing when they're doing it. They keep a lot of stuff to themselves, even for regional directors and MVPs like us. But we were surprised. It sounds like everybody, including all the press people, everybody was blindsided by Island Bridge, which is the universal apps for iOS. Like we yeah. all knew something was going on with Android, but nobody saw the iOS stack coming. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we had a great time, and thanks to uh, Leo Laporte, Mary Jo Foley, and Paul Thorat for hosting us and letting us rebroadcast some of that great conversation that we had. And they are fully recovered, I can tell you, from that absolutely uh, from that little scotch drinking. <laughs> <laughs> At the by the end of the day, half the Abelur was gone. Yeah, the Barter House had a pretty big dent in it. But both, uh, and Leo took both those bottles and stashed them away in his, his, his private collection. <laughs> right. So I think he came to appreciate we brought him the right scotch. And nobody really got hammered. I mean, it got passed around. There was a lot of staff there, and they all yeah. tasted it. And Everybody had it. a taste. Yeah, it was good. And we went out for a nice dinner. We did. Pleasure to do that. And thanks again, guys. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Richard Campbell.net rocks. .net rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and of course in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Yeah, very good. Carl Franklin, uh, musician extraordinaire and the author of our new... Windows yeah. Weekly awesome. theme. Yeah. Hey! Yeah! Hey! Hey! That's what it's called. How'd you make it? Yeah. Make it. Oi! 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 Oi!